This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Kia ora and welcome to Beyond the Script, conversations with clinical pharmacists from the University of Otago School of Pharmacy Clinic, Hero Kawakawa, Wharehaumanu, sharing insights into the clinical consultations that help patients review and manage their medicines. Well, Tara Wheeler is a registered pharmacist and professional practice fellow at the University of Otago School of Pharmacy. She graduated from Otago University in 2012 and has since worked in community pharmacies in Wellington and as a clinical pharmacist on the wards of Dunedin Hospital. Tara currently works full-time teaching pharmacy students and has worked at the new School of Pharmacy Clinic since its inception in 2019. She joins us now. Uh, Tara, great to have you with us. Thanks for coming in. We're going to talk about hypertension, uh, also known as blood pressure, and that's a very common health condition, isn't it, which is experienced by around 20% of all New Zealanders. So why is managing high blood pressure important to us all? Thanks for having me here today. Um, Yeah, so blood pressure, as you say, it affects a lot of New Zealanders, approximately 20% of um, adult New Zealanders, um, and it is a really important health condition to get on top of. Um, On a day-to-day basis, most people aren't aware of the effects of their high blood pressure. Um, But over time, and this usually takes years, uncontrolled high blood pressure significantly increases um, our risk of serious medical conditions. Um, And some of these can include heart attacks, strokes, heart failure, and other medical conditions such as kidney disease, impotency and retinopathy of the eye which can actually impair our vision so overall these conditions are well known to reduce quality of life impair our independence and can even be fatal Um, our blood pressure readings are one of several factors that healthcare providers will use when they are trying to estimate our overall cardiovascular risk So in other words, that's your risk of suffering a serious event such as a stroke or heart attack in the next five years. Any adult who's previously had heart problems, such as a stroke, um, or previously had um, a heart attack or a similar situation, they are considered to be at very high risk of a future event, and that's approximately 15% or higher. So that means for every 100 people who had just the same risk factors and health situation as you, 15 of them or more are likely to suffer a heart attack or stroke within the next five years. For people that don't have existing heart problems, their overall cardiovascular risk is thought to be likely less than 15%, but not always. Lots of factors affect our overall risk. One of these is blood pressure, and others include age, cholesterol levels, whether we smoke or not, Um, any family history of heart problems and the presence of other health conditions such as diabetes or abnormal heart rhythms. Each of these uh, sort of combine and add up to um, determine whether we're at risk of heart complications. So why would we want to reduce our blood pressure? Well, importantly, studies show that reductions in our overall blood pressure reduce our overall cardiovascular risk. And in fact, it's thought that a reduction of 10 millimetres of mercury, which are the units blood pressure is measured in, um, that can reduce our total risk by 20%. So if your blood pressure was 130 millimetres mercury systolic previously, and it reduced to 120 millimetres mercury systolic, we would reduce our overall risk of a heart attack 
by about 20%. And those are really significant improvements um, when we're looking at quite serious complications. All right, so let's get some definition around high blood pressure. How high is high blood pressure? Yep, so um, as I mentioned, we measure blood pressure in millimetres of mercury. Um, The pressure of our blood is essentially the force of the blood pushing against the artery or vein wall. Um, We use a variety of monitors to measure blood pressure. Some of these are manual, which which patients might have seen used in a GP office, and some of them are electronic, um, and some patients will have purchase these for themselves and have them at home. For most adults who don't have other medical conditions and are not on blood pressure medication already, an ideal blood pressure is below 120 over 75 millimetres mercury. And just to clarify um, those figures there, that top number of 120, that's a systolic blood pressure, and this is a reflection of of the pressure within the blood vessels when the heart contracts. The 75, or the lower reading, uh, that is the pressure of the blood within the blood vessel when the heart is relaxed. Both of these values need to be considered when we're assessing someone's overall risk and blood pressure, and they can um, both increase and decrease together, or they might increase and decrease independently, depending on what's happening in that person's um, body. In reality, what we consider to be too high changes from person to person. And it's based on many things, but especially advancing age and whether that person has diabetes or not. In these particular groups of patients, we might have a more relaxed blood pressure target. So we're not as concerned if the blood pressure is slightly elevated. So sometimes those targets might be 130 over 80 or even higher. And this is because we understand that in these patients, there are lots of changes in the body occurring and it just isn't really attainable to get the blood pressure a lot lower. But as I said, what we're really understanding now is that each individual will have their own target, and it is set based on a variety of health factors. So no one, uh, we're not all the same. Um, On that note, it's also important to remember that a single reading is not always reflective of the overall blood pressure, and it will likely need to be repeated. So if you've had your blood pressure checked, perhaps by yourself or a friend, and the reading was above 120 over 80, you might want to talk to your local pharmacist or GP or other health provider. And once they know a little bit more about you and your overall health conditions, they can advise you on what that means and what to do next. You mentioned measurement of blood pressure. Is an electronic blood pressure monitor as good as the manual ones that we'd see our doctors use at the GP's clinic? Essentially, yes. The automatic machines are considered to be accurate, um, as long as the cuff, or the bit that you put around um, your upper arm, isn't too big or too tight on you. There are a few other things to consider before taking a blood pressure measurement as well, to make sure that the result is as accurate as it can be. So where possible, it would be best to have the reading taken on a bare arm, or removing or rolling up long sleeves, um, not speaking during the test, Uh, not running your blood pressure machine when you have a full bowel or bladder, and ensuring that both feet are flat on the floor or a footrest during the test, and that your arm is supported by a table or surface um, to avoid us contracting the musculature around the shoulder. So there's quite a few things to consider in order to be sure that the test that we have done is accurate. And for these reasons, 
um, when we are trying to interpret these results, we may take two or three readings and try and um, get the average of all three. Despite all of those considerations, we also know that blood pressure naturally fluctuates throughout the day. It's lower when we're sleeping and relaxing and higher when we're going about daily activities such as eating and talking and even higher again when we encounter physical and emotional stress. Uh, so because of these fluctuations, the most ideal estimate of someone's blood pressure is when we monitor it over 24 hours. And in these situations, we would attach a very small portable monitor to a patient who would wear it continuously for one day and the machine would record the blood pressure at set intervals, which are usually every 20 to 30 minutes. This is called ambulatory blood pressure monitoring. And once these tests have been run, we can see the average blood pressure across the whole day. And if that person's overall reading was higher than 130 over 80, we would consider that person to have high blood pressure. However, not everyone will require one of these tests because at-home monitoring um, can be very accurate too. So that would be someone taking their blood pressure in their home environment daily or a couple of times a day over a period of time, perhaps weeks to months. And if readings were consistently high, that would be sufficient as well. There are lots of benefits to um, measuring blood pressure at home for some people. Um, some people get very anxious when they present to a doctor or other health professional for a reading, um, and their blood pressure can be transiently raised in those situations. So an at-home reading can be really useful. So if my doctor does tell me that my blood pressure reading is high, do I therefore then need to take medication? Not always. So there's, again, not really a one-size-fits-all here either. Uh, mild hypertension can sometimes be controlled by making healthy lifestyle changes um, to everyday living. And some of these might include quitting smoking or vaping um, if we are a smoker, lowering dietary salt intake, um, so trying to modify our diet to reduce especially processed foods which can have um, heavy um, hidden salt content, uh, reducing alcohol intake to within recommended um, ranges, Reducing caffeine intake as well, because this is another substance that can increase the blood pressure. Other things that could be trialled would be engaging in physical activity. And this is really strongly recommended both for overall um, heart health and also our mental health as well. Engaging in approximately 30 minutes of activity each day um, is known to have very beneficial effects on blood pressure long term. And it's important to note that this activity doesn't need to be high-intensity exercise. It just needs to get the heart rate up. So activities like gardening and cleaning for 30 minutes a day um, can be sufficient in keeping us active. I would definitely recommend um, when looking at engaging in this kind of exercise just to start with a small goal. It might be that you only do 10 or 15 minutes some days and slowly increase that because doing some is better than doing none. It's not an all or nothing situation. Um, managing psychological stress is also really helpful when trying to reduce our blood pressure. And tools such as mindfulness or deep diaphragmatic breathing yoga and healthy sleeping habits are all really useful in helping to manage and cope with stress and patients who do find that anxiety or chronic stress have got the better of them would really benefit from speaking to um, a health professional about their stress as well. 
um, for some patients, despite all of these um, interventions that you know we've just discussed, um, they'll still be recommended to try medication, and so we call blood pressure medication antihypertensives. Um, and these are really helpful um, when the blood pressure is significantly raised or when their overall cardiovascular risk is very high or where the patient has other medical conditions further increasing their risk. And a common one here is diabetes. So as I said, it's, it really is case by case. It doesn't always require medication. All right, Tara. So if I am prescribed medication, will I have to take that medication lifelong? This is a question I get asked quite a lot by patients, um, and again, it seems to be a different answer depending on, on, the, on the particular patient. Um, not always. It really depends what the cause of the high blood pressure is, and this can be quite a range of factors. Um, if the cause has been a bit of a transient cause, for example, stress, um, you might have had a, a job or a life situation that was causing a lot of stress which has triggered your hypertension, and if this trigger has resolved since being on medication, a trial off could be considered um, in collaboration with your prescriber. However, for most people, uh, the cause of the hypertension may not be known, and it may be something that we can't really change, for example, advancing age. Um, so in these situations where we can't remove the trigger, um, many people will take antihypertensive medication long term and especially following any kind of cardiac event like a heart attack or stroke. That's because those patients remain at very high risk of further heart complications. Additionally, we also understand that using antihypertensive treatments following a heart attack or stroke, these treatments help to lower blood pressure but also have really important roles in promoting the healing and recovery of the heart and blood vessel tissue. Um, and so they're used for a few uh, few indications here. So Tara, if I am prescribed medication to deal with hypertension, how often do I need to get my blood pressure medication reviewed? Yeah, that's a really good question and something that isn't um, necessarily thought of uh, when patients have been on these medications for, you know, even years. If you're taking antihypertensives as instructed, and your blood pressure is still not yet controlled or at your target level, it's important that you see your health provider regularly. So if a doctor wants you to come back within a month, it would be very important to um, present for that appointment. Um, there's lots of different doses and types of antihypertensives available, and so there are several options to try if your current medicine is not working as well as you'd like it to. Some patients are prescribed a combination of tablets, or multiple medications to tackle high blood pressure. And there are a few really good reasons for this. Usually the two medicines or more are selected to work together, each working on different receptors or through different mechanisms within the body to reduce the blood pressure and so work very synergistically together. Some might work specifically on the muscle within the blood vessels and others might work on the kidney to remove excess fluid from the blood and therefore reduce the blood volume and pressure within the vessels. And there's lots of other ones as well. Each of the available medicines have their own qualities, including the potential for side effects or interactions with other medications. So if we're not yet controlling the blood pressure as well as we'd like to, reviewing um, our options regularly is really important. 
Once the blood pressure is well controlled, an annual health heart review, heart health review is really encouraged. Um, so these reviews commonly take place within a general practice and they might include blood pressure monitoring, blood tests and maybe some other heart tests if, if your prescriber thinks um, that these need to be investigated. If you've had questions about your current medication um, or medication that's been recommended to you, um, you're welcome to get in touch with us at um, the School of Pharmacy Clinic for a free consultation where we can discuss um, your heart health, your future cardiovascular risk, um, your medications, um, and, any, and address any concerns that you might have. Tara, it's been great to have this issue of hypertension demystified for us. I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there for whom this has been an issue or, or could potentially be an issue, and it's good to know that there's some good practical assistance out there for us all. Thanks so much for joining us today on Beyond the Script. Oh, thank you very much for having me today. Pleasure to be here um, and take care. You've been listening to Beyond the Script, conversations with clinical pharmacists from the University of Otago School of Pharmacy Clinic, Hero Kawakawa Farihaumanu, sharing insights into the clinical consultations that help patients review and manage their medicines. Located on campus at 325 Great King Street, Dunedin, these consultations are an innovative service available free of charge to those in the area or available online via telehealth. Pharmacists will listen to your concerns and questions. They will provide information and advice and they can work with your healthcare providers to help you get the most of your medicines. Call 03 479 8141 to make an appointment or visit their website at otago.ac.nz slash pharmacy clinic. Patient car parking is provided. Terms and conditions may apply. No mai, haere mai. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.